is up woke wasted this is your co-host zach we got neil on the other side buddy how you doing yo we doing we doing we doing it's good we doing and we don't today we've got a little bit of an offer for you guys something a little bit exciting that we've been workshopping a little bit going into the records on and working on and just kind of generally rounding out and figuring out and that is woke wasted live what tell me more what oh my god i'm so happy to tell you more neil woke wasted (laughs) live oh my god about two weeks ago, we had talked with you guys about an offering that we were doing. We had said workshop in that, but really what we're, what we're trying to aim for is a live episode of Woke Wasted, where those of you who sign up can sit on Zoom with us and engage with us as we podcast. So you can be there for the action and also engage with us in questions. If something doesn't make sense, or if you have an idea that you want us to expand upon, feel free to throw it in and we're going to we're going to take all those questions and we're going to talk about them with you. And then at the end, we'll obviously hold space for a more formal Q&A, but we'll also be channeling the records and bringing through a lesson from them as well. Yeah, buddy. So you're going to throw it in, whatever your questions are, and we're going to throw it down. And we're going to get live on the woke. That's right. And you know what, man? I'm actually having this idea right on the spot right now. But you can tell me how you Surprise me, baby. Oh, if y'all want to send us questions as well, in the meantime, ooh, obviously, ooh, feel free to ooh. ask them during the podcast. But if you want to send us ideas, like, what do you want us to talk about? What do you want to know? What do you want us to engage with, with our hearts and our minds? And we'll be so happy to pick that up and run with it. Yeah, drop them in. You guys know where to find us on our socials or in the show notes. So that's right. Drop us a dime. Let us know what's on your mind. Let us know what you're carrying in your hearts. And we're going to get live with it. Mm-mm-mm. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> yeah, this is so fun. I can't wait. Hopefully, y'all, y'all got you guys. You got to show up. Find us on our socials. <laughs> we may have everything set up, ready to go live for you in the show notes. So there will very likely be a link. If not, there will be a next episode. But <laughs> keep that in mind. We're getting things rolling. We are doing this. When are we doing this, Zach? Logistics-wise, that's right. We're doing it December 7th, which is 7th. a Saturday at 11 a.m. PST. So we went into the records today. We, we hashed things out with them a little bit. Um, got a little bit of a loving bitch slap from them. And, <laughs> and uh, The woke guys had something to say. <laughs> that's true. That's true. They hit us with that thunderbolt. So right now we're set on December 7th for the day. 11 a.m. PST is the time. We are going to post details. We're going to link it through Neil's website. Neil, you want to tell them your website? We'll get there, but it's also in the show notes, neildissy.com. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we're going to link that through the website where you guys can go through and reserve your spots um, and obviously pay to reserve those spots. We're thinking somewhere between 20 and $30 for you guys to come and sit with us and have an awesome woke Saturday. Yeah. Hang out with us actually, instead of just listening to us, it'll be fun. y'all. We're <laughs> exactly. good friends. We promise. <laughs> exactly. You won't worry, roll your eyes too many times. Oof, no promises on that. And maybe, maybe I'll wear jorts. Who knows? Oh my God. If you don't wear jorts, I might be disappointed. Then again, it's actually like 50 degrees out. So that might not be the smartest decision. We'll see. It may be exactly the decision that needs to happen. So that's true. That's true. I think I'm actually for the audience. I'm hoping that you wear those like 80s leg warmer things with the jorts, like, you know, the ones that have, they have no toe and no heel. 
That sounds so uncomfortable. How about we just go Team Onesie instead? It's December. Right. It'll be December. It'll be moving in the holidays. I'm I'm down for Team Onesie. Woke onesies. Woke onesies. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 the things I'm imagining up right now. Oh my god. Do you want woke onesies? <laughs> you know, it'd be so shitty if like you know how in some of those onesies they have the hood, but the hood comes up and there's just a giant W that sits on the top of the hood. <laughs> uh, so and then bad. actually have you ever seen the hoodies that have masks on them and so instead of like a little like skeleton or something that some people have on the hoodie it's that floaty face of you and me and you can choose oh either God. the zach ones or the neil ones <laughs> neil if you're asking me if i've ever been to hot topic the answer is yes i have <laughs> i mean <laughs> we're both the sort of people that would have been there growing up so it's okay true do you think i look good with this fake lip piercing no, probably probably not. Yeah, but you did go in there and play with that little like electricity thing that you put your hand on it, and then all the electricity comes to that point on your like wherever you're touching it. You know what I'm I talking had about? One of those. I had one of those as a kid in my room. Yeah. They were wizards. Of course, of course. I was like, look at me, fucking god of thunder, out here with my little lightning ball. Zing. Uh, so, so what's on your mind today, brother? That's right. So, one of the things that I was I was pondering the other day. Um, one of my closest friends uh, is going through a breakup with somebody that he was seeing for a long time, about five and a half years. And uh, I've been supporting him through the breakup, obviously. And the way in which I've been showing up for him varies based off of what my heart tells me he needs. And one of the things that I realized is, you know, like some, sometimes I'm very gentle with him, which is like, I hear what you're going through, man. Like, I believe in you. You're going to get through this, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I'm very stern with him. And I'm like, listen, you need to blah, 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 blah. And there's, there's a lot more assertiveness in the way that I come through to him. And it all comes from a place of love. And so the, the thought that came to my mind was love heals everything but love doesn't always look the way you think it looks. And that was what I wanted to talk about today. I think that's a great subject. Um, and honestly, I think that can touch on so many different things. And that's something, God, that's actually something that I've, I've held on to for a long time too for myself. I'm like, I, like if you catch me on the wrong day and you're trying to tell me what to do, it's not happening. <laughs> right. Ooh, Even though yeah. it's love, it's, it's still, you're trying, you're trying to show up in a way that's helpful for me and maybe in a way I really need at that moment, but I may not be receptive to it Oh yeah, <laughs> at all. <laughs> so Neil's going to hit you with that. Okay. Next. <laughs> like, all right, cool. It's true. <laughs> I mean, love, if we think about it, like our, our entire lives are or can be an expression of love if that's what you choose to practice, right? Because it is a practice. It's not something that just happens. And it touches all areas of your life because of that. And one of the things that's coming up for me right now is the way that my preconceived notions of love of branched into my romantic relationships because one of the things that we're talking about today is what we were taught about love isn't always the way that love expresses right we're taught about what love is supposed to look like from 
religion or from the ideals of our parents or the community that we grew up in, from romantic comedies, from a bunch of isms that you can read on like a, a wooden sign at Target. But they isms are only fun. really speak to one aspect of love. I love isms. I really do, but they're narrow. <laughs> yeah, they are completely. <laughs> yeah. And also I have beef with Target for stealing many of my paychecks. Those bastards. I've gone twice this week. It's all right. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's fall. It's Target time. So the way, the way that I guess culture, society, I didn't grow up religiously, but it, you know, it's permeated all of our culture in, in the States. The way that all of that taught me me what love is supposed to look like really manifested in my relationship in certain ways and i thought that when i started to fall in love with somebody in a relationship that i needed to i don't even really know how to describe how i would show up for them other than i would compromise my masculine energy and really just be incredibly feminine right like very sweet um doting, leaning in a lot of the time, uh, making sure the person always had what they need, right? And it's just kind of like suffocating, you know? And I'm not saying that the feminine is suffocating. I'm just saying that the way that I was doing it was not balanced and not healthy. And the realization of love being more than just that opens up a lot of different avenues. So what... I mean, this is veering off a little bit, but what would I, would it have looked like for you from a healthy perspective? Mm. That's a really good question. I think, damn, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, put me on skates actually for a second there, but I'm going to answer it not necessarily directly, but I, what I will say is that I've learned that love doesn't mean that you're always trying to make somebody comfortable. And I think that that's something that I really tried to do in a lot of my relationships, making sure that the other person was comfortable, making almost like making sure that I knew where they were at emotionally at all times, which is, it's not a good way for two people to have sovereignty and have individuality. And what I'm realizing is that love wants what is best for you. It wants your truth and it wants your freedom. And in the past, I have sacrificed sovereignty, truth, and freedom in my relationships for comfort, for safety. And I don't want to say for a lot of compromise because I do think that like communication and working things out is obviously incredibly important, but compromising your truth in relationships. And I don't think I would have done any of that had I had a broader scope of what love really meant to me. Oh, there's so many interesting little tidbits there I want to pull into. There's a lot of branches on the tree. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just going to let you. What else is coming up for you through that thought? Mm, off, like In terms of... Uh, detailed stuff there's not much coming off of that thought right now other than the fact that this is like actually a very vulnerable topic for me like i was ready to talk about love as it pertained to friendships and family but for whatever reason i got that push from from the guides and that push from spirit to be like talk about talk about the way you express love in relationships traditionally let's take a look at that um 
And like most of the things with spirit, they just kind of like throw you out into the snow naked <laughs> and you just, you got to figure it out. Like, All right, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Cold guys, please, someone help. They're like, they're like, you'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> so before we had gotten in that, we were talking about how that impacts the way you show up in love for now with others with relationships with yourself. Mm-hmm. So what's that translation from the way you are showing up then into where you are in things for yourself now? There are a lot more boundaries. I mean, there are a lot of different things that I could, I could take the lot of different directions I can take this in, but boundaries is the biggest one. Um, for example, I'll use uh, the conversation I was having with my friend the other night, for example. Um, he reached out to me again. He was, he was really in it when he reached out to me and I had been talking to him during his relationship as well, a lot and and helping him when he got stuck in ruts emotionally in his relationship. And he would always call me in really like a self-defeating place. And I would give him variations on the same advice over and over again. And he would keep calling me every other week. You'd be on the phone for an hour and a half, two and a half hours. And he would just be running his mind in circles. And one of the things that I noticed is he would never be implementing the things that I was telling him. He would come to me for advice every time. I would give him some variation on the advice. I would give him even a little bit more at times and he wouldn't implement any of it. So the other night he reached out to me with the same patterns, the same thought loops and all of that stuff. And uh, I sent him, I sent him a video chat rather than calling him. Um, cause I just, I unfortunately didn't have an hour and a half to, uh, to go into, but I opened up by saying like, look, look, man, I'm going to help you with this. I'm going to talk you through this, but I need you to know before I do that, that you need to take me more seriously. And if you're going to keep asking me for help, you need to actually implement the things that I'm talking about, because it's not fair for either of us. It's not fair for you to not be embodying your full potential and leaning on me for emotional support. And it's not okay for me to be giving you two, two and a half hours of my time every other week to tell you the same thing. And so I opened it up like that. And I, I gave him a lot of very assertive, tough love. And at the end, I went, okay, the tough love is over. I want you to know that I, I care about you. I love you a great deal. And I'm not mad at you. I just wanted to say that in a way that would really click for you. And I hope you understand that. And that was, that was how yeah. that, that whole thing kind of changed that delivery for me. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up because there's a few different things there. Um, first, I want to look at it just from your lens, right? Because that is not healthy for you. And in the dynamic of any form of relationship, right? Someone else pulling on you consistently and you giving consistently, and then it just keeps repeating that pattern. That is not healthy. Mm-hmm. There are times when it's necessary, right? But there's times when it's just, you got to put an ax to that. But at the same time, I think another important thing here looking at, if we just look at it outside of you in the frame of a relationship dynamic of any people is what are the needs in that moment? And is mm-hmm. he, right? You are needing your space and time, but he in this situation is, is he needing just to process and have someone hear him out or is he needing to problem solve 
and you are going in the problem solving mode when it could be one or the other. In this case, I think we figured it out. But I think that's a big piece that's really important. Like, what are your needs? What are the other person's? And where do you come together in that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in this, in this particular case with this particular friend, uh, no matter how many times I've, I've talked to him about it, he doesn't really know how to just be in his emotions, right? So there's yeah. always, there's, there is no problem solving. There's either going back to his girlfriend or there's calling me in a crisis is essentially like the ultimatum that he gives himself. And so, um, so I, very just stereotypically masculine <laughs> issue. Yeah, exactly. Into, like, yeah. There has to be some external, um, some external solution to the problem and anxiety and feeling anxiety is not the solution. Right. So trying to get him to see that really, but I agree. Like there is, there is that balance. And for me, like, I really don't mind giving a lot of time to my friends. It's something that brings me a lot of joy. I like being helpful for them. Um, I, I like seeing them happy, but the big thing here is that I want to see people finding their own sovereignty. So if I start to think that the, the help that I'm giving somebody is coming at a direct hindrance to them being able to find their own answers within themselves and to build their oh, own emotional, yeah. emotional endurance and emotional strength and capacity, then that's when I have to say like, okay, we're starting to cross boundaries. Yeah. I love that. And I am, I, you know, me, man, that those words just hit my soul. Right. It's about the individual's ability and how much, right. When you start to kind of in that, like, you can call me every time and you're not going to do anything and this, this, and this, and this, and it's going to, we're just in that same cycle. Like, okay, let's, let's, let's look at you real quick. Mm-hmm. And how much are you feeding into that? And that's one of the things actually like back in the day, back in the old clinical times for me working with recovery uh, one of the big things that we worked with the families of a lot of the addict, the addicts that we were working with, it was how do you, what can you do when someone just keeps repeating this pattern over and over? And the biggest theme was also was always it was boundaries. Hold your boundaries. You you will end up enabling accidentally, even though you're giving out of love and you're showing up out of love. You're trying to support them out of love. A lot of times you enable that pattern and it repeats as difficult as it is. God, yeah, that's, I, I don't know if it was you and I who had that conversation the other day, but I remember hearing somebody else talk about this as well. Like sometimes the best thing you can do for somebody who's an addict is like remove the support um, and, and let them figure it out, which is incredibly difficult for people in those families to do. But yeah one of the things that that whole thing brings up for me and with regards to sovereignty and freedom, which I know gets your rocks off is (laughs) the idea that when we are born, like we are going to become whoever we are going to become. And the parenting that we get really only determines some of the, some of the coping mechanisms we have, some of the, uh, some of the wounds that we carry and some of the psychology that we hold, but it makes me think almost that like our greatest, our greatest gift as people in a support system, right? Friends, family, uh, parents, uh, lovers is to provide 
almost a framework for freedom, right? Because like if you have a child, you can't just let them do whatever, right? Like you do have to obviously like parent yeah, them. There's a level of structure necessary. Structure. Yeah, you need to provide structure, but there's nothing that you can do that's going to fundamentally change what that child is going to be in his or her or their character. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? With, I'm just thinking about this. I was going to go somewhere else, but I'm thinking this about this in the framework of a child. And I agree. Right. I mean, if we look at zoom out on a very, very large lens and look at it at a universal soul level is we come in with our soul path. We come in really keyed in and tuned into the things that we're going to do, the lessons we're going to hold and the things we need to become. And so whatever it is that happens is yes, this soul is going to find their way through to becoming that. Yeah. So there's nothing as a parent, ultimately you can do, right? So you support them, you teach them, you guide them, but you can't just grab and hold and shove. That's right. It's like, Oh, you know, you, you can't, you know, if you have a son, Oh, you can't dance that's feminine or like, Oh, you have to be a doctor because you know, we're all doctors in this family. Like you can't, the more that you try and control somebody's natural expression and kids begin to mm-hmm. learn very early what their natural expression is. They might not know what they're going to be when they grow up or what hobbies they're going to have, but their natural expression begins to shine through at a fairly young age. And it's almost like the more control that you put on them to a certain point can, can really start to, in, in some extent, give them tools Right. But to a greater extent, probably create uh, some wounding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm interested. Go Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking about that. I was like, then what do you do or how do you then best work with people and support with support people? And I just think about, I was like, okay, how do people thrive? the most? What ways can you allow a person to best fully express themselves and support them in that? And I think anytime you have that from somebody, you're going to love that person to death. If I were just to fully support you and doing all the things you want to do so that you can do them at the very best of your capacity within your sovereignty, within all that you are good at, how would you feel about me, man? (laughs) Absolutely. I had the same conversation with one of my buddies the other night. It was like, how do you feel about the person who has an agenda for you versus the person who just loves you regardless of how you show up and what you want? Yeah. Right. No agenda showing up and just pure support for the other person, not based off of the way you see the world or the way you, you know, the way you think a person should behave, but just purely for them and their self. What is the best version of them and how can I support someone in getting there? Exactly. One of the things that Melchizedek says is like, who, who are you to tell somebody how to be and what to be? You don't know what their soul path is. You don't know what they came here to learn. So for you to say that somebody's not exactly where they should be is just, it's, it's, they don't say the word ignorant, but it's almost ignorant. Yeah. I mean, we as individuals almost hardly know if we're where we're supposed to be. (laughs) 
And we, we, we barely know who we are in our truest expression. And we begin to peel back those layers as we go deeper within ourselves. But usually when we want to control somebody and we have an agenda for somebody, it's just because we want them to fit some mold in our lives in order to fill in these gaps that we would think would make our life complete. Like, oh, I need validation in these areas because I don't feel whole in these areas. Um, I need support in these areas because I don't know how to support myself in these areas. And so our agendas for people and our expectations of people really just highlight all the places where we are in perceived lack rather than um, any deficit that has to do with those people in their truth. Oh, yeah. Perceived lack is exactly what I was starting to think about as you said that. And I'm looking at it as in like within ourselves, right? Not the person that we're trying to exactly change or help, but what is it that I am trying to meet within myself by doing these things to this other person? Mm-hmm. Am I trying to make this person easier to get along with so I can get along with them? Am I trying to control them because they're so wild and it makes me really anxious? Like, what is it that you're getting by trying to do these things and bring this person to some place? Because ultimately it is about you. Right. It's Mm -hmm. always about us. That's why we do any single thing in our lives, no matter what, because ultimately it impacts us and it will make us feel good or it won't. That's right. You know, the way that, you know, I think they're pushing me to to go past my comfort zone again. The way that this showed up for me in relationships in my teens and early twenties was like, I almost needed to be not in constant contact with somebody, but like to be texting some, like the person that I was dating, um, or the people that I was dating, depending on like what phase of my life I was in, like oh, I needed yeah, to have some kind of like constant hit from them, like a couple times a day. Right. And really what it was, it was like a need to know that I'm still cared about and that this person still has interest in me. Right. Because the perceived lack was that I am fundamentally not lovable romantically. And therefore I need somebody to prove to me multiple times a day that 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 is not true right but nobody can ever convince me that that's not true other than myself right in my own heart and it's like peter crone says you can never get enough of something that almost works like those when when you have an expectation for somebody and they fulfill that expectation you might get a dopamine hit but it doesn't actually fulfill you and then all you do is you set yourself up for the out of proportion pain when they don't fulfill that expectation. It's a lose, a lose game. And that's the killer of the almost works because it Mm -hmm. feels perfect and it's good in the moment when you can zoom out of it, you can see that's, Oh, there's a little bit of a hitch right there. That's not actually that good. There's something there and that grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And yeah, man, like, that was not just you, by the way. It was me. It's probably every human being in existence. That's a lot of people. I mean, when yeah. I when I share that reflection with some of uh, some of my guy friends, not all of them, but like a handful of them, go like, "Oof!" Like I feel like you're, <laughs> like yeah. I feel like you're fucking talking right at me. Yeah, um, and I think right? that's. I mean, that's really just people in the dating world in general, right? 
how much validation do we need? How much are we not enough? How much are we trying to prove ourselves? How much times have we been hurt? And we're just trying to make sure we don't get hurt again. That's and right. then when you stop talking to me, all of a sudden I'm thinking about it and I'm getting hurt and I'm blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 right? And, and that's, all, that's all me, of us. I don't know where you're at in your head right now. I don't know if you're not thinking about me, if you are thinking about you're me. You're with I someone else. Oh my I God. control your thoughts. I know all this fucking yeah. crazy shit, right? Like, and the thing is like, we grow up in this society, at least like we grew up in this society, kind of like as phones were, becoming a thing and the internet was was created right is a lot of breadth and not a lot of depth right you can have yeah you know, so much quality example, or yeah. quantity quantity yeah <laughs> no yeah, quality at the, at the expense of quality right like having you know i used to think that like when i was in my early 20s and like my teens like having 30 plus friends was like oh yeah it's because like a, you know it's great that i had a deep connection with all of them but mm-hmm. i wasn't like super I was like a, a joyful guy, but I wasn't super like deeply fulfilled and happy. And it's now that I have whatever, 10 or 15 really good friends that I'm like, you know, I can go, I can go deep with all of these people and I feel very whole and fulfilled. And we don't learn. And the same thing kind of goes for dating, right? Like we don't really learn what quality means to us. Yeah. What, what kind of quality connection we're looking for. And that's different for everybody. And at the same time, right, it takes, like, we, we zoom back out again. It takes all that to be able to get to this point, because right now we're looking back in hindsight, and those were the lessons that took us to this. But we love it when we're there. We learn from it after, and we get to move forward and really become a better version of ourselves through it. That's absolutely true, man. Man, I'm thinking about that, and I was like, all oh, the times, and I could just feel like phone, ding, 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 all day long, different text messages, different people, one sentence, a few words, but it kept me busy. It kept me feeling good. That, yeah, man. That's real. That capacity for distraction. Like we will mm-hmm. work so hard to distract ourselves because we, we are taught that the thing that almost works is what is, what, is like the, the fullest expression of what something working looks like because there's not many people out there talking about like, you know, there's a deeper level of fulfillment that you can get from what you're experiencing. And I think that was one of the things yeah, it's that created anxiety. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God. You're on TikTok, Instagram. Come on, that's fulfillment. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's as deep as it goes. That's the Eldorado of fulfillment. Yeah, that's, that's all I got, bro. <laughs> you know, I think uh, you know, one of the things that created anxiety in me at a young age, and one of the things that I see creates anxiety in my friends is the belief that the good that they've experienced from those methods is as as good as it gets and it's not enough to keep oh. them happy oof 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 yeah oof, 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 right oof. there can always be more and you gave me one of those the other day i was like dude it, it, it's good but we can do better right things in our lives they may be good but when you're starting to get the pull and the little flags of there may be more out there there always is be in relationships in ourselves and our own growth and love and things that are fun and whatever it is we're doing, there's always room for more. And that's the beauty of life. Exactly. And it's, it's not continually chasing more thinking that that next mm-hmm. thing is going to be what fulfills you. Right. It's seeing the wholeness of the moment that you stand in and also knowing that it can get better and it can get more full and more rich and more thick from here. Yeah. The word that's coming up for me there is allowing. 
right? You're not chasing it. You're not trying to be more, trying to do more, trying to have the next thing because that in itself, you're killing the present moment. You're killing any sort of fulfillment you can have. You're chasing what's next. Instead, you can be fully present and fully engaged, fully loving in the present of what is and what's happening and allow it to become more as it unfolds. Yeah. Right. And it's that, it's that is oftentimes we'll kind of just like, Ooh, I can feel that, but no, 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 no. I want to do this. This is better. This feels good. This is safer. No, 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 no. (laughs) You can allow it and choose to let it happen. Choose to move in that direction and allow it to unfold and life grows and gets better and better and better. And it's perfect right now though. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know that can definitely be, that can be a hard teaching to wrap your head and your heart around when things are going pretty bad but oh yeah yeah but but i i really think that people who begin to believe that and begin to take those steps forward and listen to their heart and listen to what they know the next right step is or find that center of peace in your heart that's when things really start to unfold in that way um and this is this is a really silly example but the other day I was, uh, I was in the midst of more car troubles. My car wouldn't start, even though I had just had it in the shop the other day. Like I'd spent a bunch of money at the shop. I got my car back three days later. It wouldn't start. I had to spend more money on my car to do more work on it. I had to do more work on it. I was in the middle of that. Like I had just what felt like an endless amount of schoolwork being shoveled at me. Um, you know, I've got some of the, some of the people who are ill in my family and just like all of these things that were kind of going on. And I was actually still really Mm -hmm. fucking happy. Like I was like, okay, I have all these things to take care of, but like I had a smile on my face pretty much the whole day. Um, and there wasn't, there wasn't a single part of me that really felt heavy. Um, and, and I had that reflection moment where I looked at it and thought, holy shit, like three years ago, I would have been stressed up to my eyeballs Mm -hmm. with all the things that are on my plate right now. But in that day, like I, I felt like a cloud. Like I felt like I could have just fucking floated away. Yeah, you texted me about the car stuff after you had gone through car stuff like the week before. Yeah. And I was like, man, that sucks. But I I actually had been I had noticed that. I didn't say anything and I just didn't really think twice of it. But it was just a brief acknowledgement of like, he's actually doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it sucks for him. He just told me it and that sucks. But like he feels like he's good. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, man even though I was like watching my bank account, like dwindling all these things. Like I just kind of knew like, dude, that's spirit, but spirit has me. God has me. Like, I'll be fine. Whatever's happening is supposed to teach me something. And you know, this lesson doesn't last forever. Yeah. You know, and I think that's such a credence to the things we've been learning ourselves and what we've been trying to share with everyone, you know, through these first, what, 10, 11 episodes is be in the moment. And if it sucks, yeah, that sucks. Allow you to feel that. If it doesn't suck, cool. It doesn't have to. You don't have to feel that. But whatever it is that where you're at in the present, cool. All we can do is accept it or you're going to make it worse and you're going to make it heavier. And it's going to suck even more. But no, right? When you're in that chitter right there in that moment that there is more. And that more is oftentimes the other side. There can be something good. There is something good if you allow yourself to move into that. Yeah. If you allow space for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's exactly what it is. Again, it's, it's the allowing, right. You're not, you're not trying to make a situation that's bad into a good situation. What you're doing is you're opening your heart and your mind up to the possibility that things could be better than you could imagine. And you don't reject 
the things that, that align themselves on your path, right? I think so many of us, we're all guilty of this. Having such a rigid belief, whether it's subconscious or conscious, mm-hmm. um, whatever it might be like. I know there's, I have a, like a lot of uh, friends who have test anxiety, like, oh, you know, I'm just a bad test taker, right? It's like, well, you're not, when you tell yourself that and you believe that you're not opening up the possibility that you could have a day where everything just flows out of you naturally. And that's a silly example. It's like a small example, but really what you're doing is you're not, you're not pushing away the possibility that things could be great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's, that's like the final note that I feel of this is like, you just don't push away the possibility that things could be great. Don't push away the possibility that you could be great, that you already are but that there is so much waiting, right? It could be truly to your bones. Great. Yeah. And as much as it sucks right now, it can be great, right? Like that's, you just feel that like, yeah. And that's what you felt, right? There's, there's more on the other side. Like, okay, this sucks right now. It's all right. I, you know, I want everybody for, for just a second to think about your best quality. Like the thing that you, that you think is your greatest strength. And now realize that that greatest strength is not even at its full potential because there are so many things that you are letting weigh that down. And it's not that we make the quote unquote bad stuff go away as we do this kind of work, but it begins to have less and less of a pull on us. It begins to have less and less space in our emotional body. It still arises, but it arises less frequently and it passes through the sky like a cloud when it comes up. It doesn't hang around for, for days or weeks or months or even years. It just passes right by as you watch it. And it lightens up the load on your greatest strengths. So if you can imagine all the things that you've created out of that, that greatness inside of you, know that that greatness inside of you isn't even close to its full potential right now. And all you have to do is just keep taking those steps forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I thought of another line that I had channeled around this before. And it's that as a, it's that greatness inside of you is just what you can perceive in this moment. Ooh. It's just what you can perceive. It's the ceiling above you right now, but there's a whole sky above it that you can grow into. So the things that you know as your greatest strengths, that's just the start of it. So you take that step, the next step, and you allow it to grow and become more and more and more. All of a sudden, it's everything. That's such a bomb. It's so true. Like some of the things, some of my greatest strengths now are things that I didn't even perceive three or four or five years ago. And some of the things that I did perceive as my greatest strengths have changed and shifted in ways that I would have never expected mm-hmm. and have allowed my life to like round out and be even more full. And it was like, I, when I took a step back from having, this goes back to expectations, when I had an expectation of what those strengths were supposed to manifest like and what kind of um, attention and response those great strengths were supposed to get me, when I took a step back from that and just let my just letting me be who I am and let my strengths express however they wanted to express. Things changed in ways I couldn't have even described to you before. 
Yeah. Yeah, brother. I'm, I'm thinking of so many of so many things we talked about together and just the things that you just felt like, man, it's just not for me. And all of a sudden, you know, four or five months later, you're exactly that person and more. <laughs> My God. Yeah. I mean, the same for you, obviously. Yeah. Like, God. Yeah. I mean, like you, you it's, it almost, I know it, it doesn't look effortless in the sense that, you know, you have those rough days, but on the days when you're not having like a rough day, like it almost seems effortless. It's like on the days when you feel clear, there's almost like this gravity. I can almost feel like things being pulled towards you. And I'm like, God damn, Neil is just like butter. It was like, he's like butter. He's like, a, he's becoming like a planet, like the gravity that this dude has. Um, it's unbelievable, man. It's been really cool to watch unfold. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's crazy. And I just thought I was like, right. So many of the things that we pride ourselves on and our strengths can become our greatest limitations if that's all you allow yourself to see. I think the line that they said was like, your, like your greatest strengths have become your biggest limitations. I think if that's, that's the word, that's the way they phrased it. But yeah, if we hung on to all that we were that made us us and just had screw it all. We would definitely would not be here today. We would not be talking to everyone, giving this no. message to you guys. But you just I really, don't, I really don't think they let us hang on to those things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Neither would our souls, neither would just us. I wouldn't I wouldn't let you. That's so talking you true. forward. In the same that's, way we are here to help our audience for it. That's right. It's that tough love. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> that not so tough love. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we gave a lot of bombs today. We gave a lot quick. Um, is there anything left on your heart that you want to give them that's really sitting? I don't have anything anything that I want to bring up that is even remotely insightful. But what I did want to ask of you guys is if you are willing to share this podcast with someone who you think it would benefit and to give it to them as a gift or as an interest or whatever, but just to, to help grow the woke wasted community and to just have more like, you know, just brethren and kinsmen on this, on this, this journey that we're on together and friends and homies and gangsters, friends and homies and gangsters and beautiful souls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hit that little share button right on the corner right now, please. As you're listening and just think who the first person that pops up to mind is and put their name in there. We love you. Thank you so much because we want this family to grow. And as much as we are able to be here with you, there are many, many more people who could really, really use a little bit of Zach and Neil bullshit, hugging love. (laughs) Right, Zach. (laughs) That's right. And if if you guys are one of those, those new folks coming back to listen to this episode, take this hug. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, you're getting a bear hug. You're right between me and Zach right now. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh feel it. I'm wiggling my chest. I'm doing the same thing. Now let's oh, jump up and down. Oh. Good thing neither of us have hairy chest, but it's okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> On that note, we love you. I love you. Zach, you love him. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. No, I fucking love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to the Woke Wasted podcast this week. We will catch you soon.
Peace. Peace.